This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host for the next radio hour. The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I am very excited. Very, very excited. <laughs> We're here every week on WPHT Talk Radio 1210. Do you want to ask us a question on commercial, residential, any kind of real estate needs? Give us a call. My number is 267 266 5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. Right. And you can listen to this show and the rest of our shows at goodnewsandrealestate.com and at WPHT's website. So what are we talking about today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have our market report. Yes. We also have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Right. We have Mark's funny story. I got a good one for you. I can't, oh God, can't wait to hear that one. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Oh uh, yeah, which is what? Handling mortgage debt during COVID-19. COVID-19, all right. <laughs> now you said having, how to handle your mortgage debt while having too many Coronas, is that what you said? 19 Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that better. Mark, right. we also have our questions. Why is the inventory so low and when will it change? The next right. question is, how do you get an SBA loan and why? Mm, next question, I, I heard question wire fraud in real estate transactions. What is it? Can you explain it? Yeah. The next question is, how do you know when you paid your mortgage down to 20%? That's a good question. Yeah. Last question is, what is the biggest mistake new realtors make when starting out in business? That's an interesting one. <laughs> Today, Mark, we also have our topic of the day, a stress-free buying experience. And that should be qu pretty quick. Just give everybody my phone number and we'll call it a day. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, you always pass failure on the way to success. Wow. Because it's no use looking in the rearview mirror because we're not going that way. Right? 
You never look. That's why that's why the rear view mirror is so small and the front windshield is so big. I'm very insightful. <laughs> so where are we at? Mark, we are up to the market report. All right. And there's the bell. Frank's got a hell of a bell, I'll tell you, man. <laughs> so anyway, our thoughts on the virus restrictions, since we got to talk about it, it's out there. We've seen some declines in the housing because of it. But there's also some good news. There's been some sellers pulling out there for sale signs off the front lines, delaying listings until the worst is over and all that and the doom and gloom. Uh, but in the meantime, there are many buyers and sellers that have been sitting around plotting and planning and waiting to get back in this market. And the seller who has the flexibility is probably choosing to wait until things might get a little normal. Well, certainly buyers are in the market. And there aren't as many as there would be in a normal market. But, however, it's not all bad news. As the states and cities loosen up the restrictions, more buyers in their areas are pulling the triggers on purchasing homes. I saw a report earlier this week uh, that mortgage applications are up big time. They have increased for the last three weeks so people are getting ready and people are definitely getting ready mark people are definitely getting ready i mean people are coming out of the woodwork and it and it's great because they're getting ready and we have time they're actually planning and getting pre-approved instead of calling and say hey i want to put an offer in on this house can you run my credit so it's a little bit easier um they're definitely taking the steps to get prepared and the prospective buyers are gradually returning to the, back in the markets in various companies, uh, counties as they reopen and states and whatever. And the government stimulus, it's going to offset some of the pain. And a lot of the workers are going to be back. Actually, an interesting number. Out of like the 20-some million that are laid off, like, oh, like 16 or 17 million of them are in the bar and restaurant industry. So as soon as they start opening the floodgates, those people are back to work. So I just wish it would happen sooner. So if you look at the bright side, many people expect that this is going to be temporary. They're going to be back to their jobs and and it's going on. on. I actually posted something on Facebook today. My plan to solve the problem for the bar restaurant industry. I had a three-part plan. Like you go to a restaurant, a diner, whatever, every other booth. Every other table, if they have outside, try to get them to go outside. In a bar, every third bar stool, every other table. I mean, uh, no cash. They wear gloves. They wear, you know, there's ways to do this rather than just shut everything down. But anyway. Now, agreed. I mean, my my husband's been talking about this since it happened. And, you know, exactly the same thing. I mean, this is a major industry with a major hit to the economy. And you just got to be smart about it. That's right. And and, and Mark, staying in, that number that came out in New York was very interesting. Even the governor was shocked, shocked. 67% of the cases were, were people that were homebound, that were, you know, not going out. Agreed. And staying home is lowering our immune system. Now, not everybody's going to agree with us, granted. No. But, you know, we don't, as a society, we don't have all the facts. But if you want to go out to a bar or restaurant and you don't feel good, stay home. Don't go. Right. Exactly. And I could go to a bar and sit three stools away from somebody and play touchstones. No, you couldn't. Absolute absolute (laughs) on the rocks. You know, 
I, I could talk loudly. I don't have to sit right next to you. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna ask for somebody's cell phone number sitting three still. Hey, give me your number. Let me just call you and we can have a conversation. <laughs> every line I've been standing in, like when I went out shopping for, I, I'm talking to everybody anyway. It's like, <laughs> like you know, giving them my two my opinion, my two cents. You know what they so say anyway, about opinions. Yeah, I know, and I got lots of them. <laughs> so tell us about the rates. How are we doing with the rates? The rates are still amazing. I mean, your 30-year conventional is 3.25%. Your 15-year is at 2.875. Your 30-year fix has dropped down to 3.375. Jumbo rates are still amazing. I mean, you know, it's what I keep telling everybody, too, for this whole refinance thing, take advantage of it. But let's be smart about it. You need to do a total cost analysis. Make sure it's a win-win. So, you know, give me a call. I'll be happy to do an analysis for you. You know, take a look at your statement. Make sure your savings are going to be in line. And as I keep saying, a lot of times you can actually skip a payment. So take out your mortgage statement. It won't take long for me to review it. If you're at 4% or above, give me a call. 609-605-605. 7153. All right, very good, Deanne. So, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, and we are all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. And I got one for you. This one's just for you, too, right? Uh, so this <laughs> husband and wife, right, they retired to this condo on a golf course. So, you know, you got the golf course and the, the beautiful place. And they play golf every day, and they enjoy their retirement together. Well, the husband, he's on the first tee one day, and he's getting ready to shoot his first shot in his, in his new retirement. And he stops, and he turns to his wife, because you know... We've been going, we've been living here on this golf course and playing golf together for a long time. He goes, there's something I got to get off my chest so we can move forward and enjoy our retirement. She says, what? He said, about years ago, I cheated on you with one of our neighbors. And it's been bothering me for years. And, and I just can't take the guilt. She says, well, I have something to tell you, too. Before I met you, I was a man and had a sex change operation. And the husband screams, and you've been hitting from the red tees all this time? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, I told Jack that one. He liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Moms segment with the and Kat Sires from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is handling mortgage debt during COVID-19 after 19 Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just a couple things I want to go over real quick because there's, there's a lot of um, 
not every company, as I mentioned when this first happened, not every company is handling the same thing because we're getting many calls about what to do if you have a mortgage payment and you lost your job or you lost your income because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So to assist you in making some critical decisions during this time, these are just a couple things that I want you to consider before you stop making your payments. Right. Your mortgage payments, okay, your mortgage servicers have been advised by their regulators to work with clients who are going through a job loss or a loss of income because of COVID-19 pandemic. However, pandemics and job loss do not necessarily mean that there is no potential to impact your credit rating. Now, you know, everybody's going to say, well, I called the mortgage company or I heard I did. Look, I'm running a lot of credit reports right now, not only with the mortgage payments, but student debt, car payments, credit card payments. It's coming up that no payments are being made because of the natural disaster. So you cannot apply for a new mortgage if you have your car loan or your credit cards in forbearance. So right. that's one of the things that's been an obstacle. So if you've called because you wanted to jump on the wagon of not being able to pay your bills because of what's going on, but your job situation has stayed the same, or if you're only going to be out of a job for a month and you're going to go back to work, and this is showing up on your credit report, we cannot issue a pre-approval and we cannot go into underwriting with anything that's on your credit report showing that it's in forbearance or on pause. Let me ask you a question. If after the forbearance, say we go back in June and everybody make, catches up on their payments, right. how long of a period of time before? It just, have to, it just has to reflect, Mark, on the credit report that you're in um, current status and that nothing's in forbearance. Oh, all right. All right. So if you need assistance, you contact your servicing company before deciding not to make a payment. And a lot of times you can go right on the website and it'll tell you whether or not um, it's going to affect your credit. Like I went and looked on my servicer and it said that it did. It would not affect my credit. It would not reflect in any way. I have the option to um, to refinance or to pay that mortgage. Also, for instance, you know, my house, as we know, was under contract and it's since it's been since terminated. But if I were to put my house in forbearance, I could still sell my property. I just couldn't apply for a new loan. New Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Okay. So what you need to know is any non-payment may or may not be reported to the credit bureau. So um, if a late or delinquent payments are reported, then this is likely to affect your credit score. And at this point, we do not know how it will affect a person's credit, but we do know that the regulators are working with the industry. So again, not every servicer is going to report it as a late payment. So you have to keep that in mind. Some servicers are waiving late fees, not reporting late payments to the credit bureaus um, and working to assist clients to minimize the impact. So Again, just ask your servicer what they're going to do as not everyone is handling it the same way and make sure you get it in writing. If you can manage your debt temporarily and with any reserve savings, then consider doing that to avoid any potential hits. 
you know, on your credit. If you can't make your mortgage payment, then use the assistance that's available. But again, just, I, um, I can't stress it enough. Just make sure you get the details first so that you understand the impact on your financial credit. Um, then afterwards, we're going to have to work hard to fix any damage that came to your credit if this is what happened. So credit damage is never permanent if you work to fix it when you are financially able again. So, you know, it'll go back to where it was. It's going to take time. But again, get it in writing, talk to your servicer and, you know, keep an eye. You should have something that's monitoring your credit right now as well, because what's happening is you know, you're getting a lot of identity theft that's taken place. You're getting a lot of emails where people have hacked into things. Um, and you just, you really got to protect yourselves. And I'll be ha happy to do that. You just have to reach out. You know, just call. If I don't have the answer, I'll help you get it. But reach out and give me a call at 609 605-7153. Yeah, there's all kinds of fraud going on. I was talking to my friend that's an FBI agent, and there's all kinds of things. They're acting, people make making things look like they're Comcast or make or whatever company, and you right. and you need to change your password or you need to do this, and it, there's a ton of fraud going on right now. Did I tell you? Did I tell you that I got an email from somebody that said, "Okay, I know your password," and and they actually had my password from a couple yeah. years ago. And they they told me that I needed to, you know, send them two hundred thousand dollars or they were going to ruin my life because they were going to tell the public all the crazy websites that I have been on, which is ludicrous. So what I did was I called ID Shield. I have that app on my phone and I hit the red button and I called um, ID Shield and they told me that they had so many calls with the same exact thing. I got I got two of them. I, I I responded to him. I said my one of my good friends is an FBI agent. You'll be getting an email, and then I didn't get any more. Well, Mark, you'd have to be careful because if people put out the websites that you're on, you know, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All just right. Kidding. So where are we at? <laughs> well, coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive, all of the time. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. All right, so welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. Very good. And we have a few, we have a couple really good questions. Um, our first question is, why is the inventory so low and when will it change? Well, we've been talking about this for a couple of years. Now, we're actually at a 14-year low. And the inventory has been low for almost, what, three years? Mm, yeah. About, yeah, about three years we've been lacking inventory. I had a, a conversation with a potential student today, and I told him there's 4,300 homes for sale in Philadelphia out of 676,000. And he couldn't believe that. And Nobody believes that. I said the reason 
The biggest reason I think it is, is because the media never talks about real estate. In 2008, they talked about every day because it was so negative. But now that it was so good, it's good news and they don't talk about it. So a ton of sellers in Philadelphia Metro, which is 6.7 million people, don't really understand how great of a time it is to sell. Like this is you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck probably ever. And you're going to get the, a really good rate on your next purchase. But they just don't know. When is it going to change? It's going to take a while. I blame it on the realtors. If all the real estate agents kept their clients in in, uh, in touch, called them, called them every once in a while, three months, kept them up to date with what's going on with the industry, there would be a lot more houses on the, on the market. But Without a doubt. But uh, you know, I to predict when it's going to change. It's we've been in a low inventory situation for like three years, and it got even worse in 2020 because a ton of buyers got in the market, and there wasn't a lot of sellers. You you think about that number: 4,300 homes out of 676,000. You know, it's absurd. When I ask. When I ask like students when they come into class how many houses you think for, are for sale out of 600,000 they'll say like 100,000, 150,000, <laughs> 200,000. When I tell them 4300 they're shocked. Shocked. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I don't and, know exactly you know, when, but it is going to change. It's definitely going to change and the part where you're talking about, you know, people taking advantage of it. I did a pre-approval last week for somebody that you know, they ha- they own a home right now that's about $200,000, and they had a much higher interest rate, and they're getting pre-approved for a house now that's three hundred and ten. Taxes are about the same. Their their monthly payment was $217 less because of right. the interest rate, and they got that's a hu- – they, she could not believe they were getting almost $100,000 more of a house. It's unbelievable. This is a great time to buy and sell. It's a great time to do it. What's the next one? The next question is, how do you get an SBA loan and why? (laughs) Well, I applied for one of these babies because I own a business (laughs) and I got a couple of emails telling me they'll get back to me. And that was about it. (laughs) But an SBA loan, I just did one not too long ago. A funeral power guy bought a funeral power. We did an SBA loan. Now, How'd that go? <laughs> why do you, why do you do it? Is because there's advantages to it, and especially with commercial, and and but there's a lot of red tape, and there's a lot of hoops to jump through, and a lot of regulations, but you can get a good deal. Like he got he got the money to buy the property. Plus, like an extra hundred thousand dollars for advertising and capital improvements, because it was a business loan on top of just the property. So that's why you would do something like that. But be you got to be really careful what bank you use and how much they because they a lot of them will say, "Oh yeah, we do SBA loans," and next thing you know, nine months later, you're still trying to get this thing done. So you, you the, it, it, there's a lot of red tape involved. So be careful. What's the next one? The next question is: I heard about wire fraud in real estate transactions. Can you explain? Yeah, this yeah, is this going is, on. 
This is going on. And what happens is there's a buyer and a seller in a deal pending, right? And somehow somebody scammer gets somebody's email address and tells the buyer or the seller if they had to put money into this deal that they act like they're the the title company. And you know how buyers bring money to the table uh, and they tell that this buyer to wire the funds to this bank or to this number, this wiring account. We had a bad one at one of our offices, two hundred thousand dollars. And yeah, the guy wired wired he wired it and that money's gone. Uh, you know, it's like it's it was fraud. And so we tell everybody now, you know, any buyers, you never wire money to anybody. You know, you listen to your agent. So you get an email telling you to wire money. You call your agent. It's fraud. Like nobody's doing it. And a lot of people were taken by this. And it's these guys out there with these computer programs running and they hit something. I, I don't know how I don't know how that works, but somehow they got in into this deal and picked up somebody's email and then the one that they did at our company, they made up a name that sounded like the title company and it looked legitimate and the guy wired the funds. Two hundred thousand. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah, a lot of the title companies are not accepting um, wires. Yeah. And and right now, with everything that's going on, a lot of the banks, you know, you can't get to right away to get your certified checks because we have people that are closing on their loans, like a, like a USAA bank. Let's say that they have their money in, in that in that bank and they're not they're not they can't wire the funds to the title company. Right. So. Again, just uh, uncharted waters and uh, different territory. All right, question number four. How do you know when you paid down 20% of your mortgage? Use a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> so basically... You can answer that one. You, yeah, what you want to do is you want to take a look at what your loan balance is and what the value of your property currently is. Um, you could do that one or two ways, or you can take a look at, you know, how much you originally took the loan out for and what your current balance is and divide that into each other. And you can see if you've paid, if you have 20% equity, but after you settle on your home, you can go off what they call the appraised value. So let's say you bought a home and it was $300,000 and you put 10% down. But when you got that appraisal, your appraiser, the appraisal came in at three hundred and ten thousand. Well, that's an additional ten thousand dollars of equity that you have in the property. So you're going to take a look at where you are now, what the houses have sold for in the area called comps, and you're going to base it on what the market value is of your property right now versus the balance of your loan and have 20 percent. And if you're not sure how to do all that, call your realtor or call your mortgage person and they'll be able to help you out with it. Yeah, and then when you do hit that point, the mortgage company is not just going to call you up right away and say, congratulations, I'm taking <laughs> that PMI off. You're probably going to have to, they have to do it within a time frame, right, legally? Isn't there a no. time frame legally? Well, no? they give you when, you, when you sign the documents for the mortgage, they tell you when that mortgage will come off. And it's usually like 17, 15 years from 
when you originally signed the document. Yeah, but like what happened in the early 2000s and the houses went up like my neighborhood was appreciating by like 25%. And, all, you know, all if you went to the mortgage company, you could, all of a sudden you were there with an appraisal. Right. All right. What's the last one? Right. The last one, what is the biggest mistakes new realtors make when starting out in the business? Well, we only got about a minute, but the biggest mistake is after they get their license, be not being careful what company they join. They got to, I always, with my students, I give them a coaching session and I always give them a list of questions to ask brokers because you want to make sure you go somewhere, if you're going to get in a real estate business, where they're going to train you and not just say, good luck, go get them because that's how I started and you don't want to start like that. If you go to a company that has day, night, weekend training, office meetings you can go to, that's where you want to go. All right. So what's coming up next? So coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, a, fr a stress-free buying experience. All right. There were some good questions. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So we have to end. There's Barry. He's back. Barry. <laughs> Mark, we're Barry. up to the topic of the day, and it's a stress-free buying experience. And I know that we have, you know, some time on this, but I'm just going to give out my phone number and call it a day. Yeah, it probably work. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, right. life has enough stresses, right? So let's keep your next home buying experience calm, cool, and collected. Easier said than done. Because people get stressed out over this stuff. And follow these simple steps could help you sitting in your new dream home before you know it, you know? First, work with a real estate agent that you trust. You know, I don't the in statistically eight uh, buyers hire the first agent what they meet with a pulse. Like do use somebody that somehow you're connected to that's somebody that knows somebody. You know, don't just whoever answers the phone hired them. Start out. So you need to have faith in their abilities or experience. If you're more constantly, you know, second guessing their advice, it's only going to add stress and not reduce it. You want to work with an agent that answers your phone calls, your email, stays in touch the whole step of the way. And it doesn't piecemeal you. You know, like what I do with buyers is I give them a buyer's needs analysis up front and tell them how it works from the beginning to the end so they don't think about surprises coming. And then the home buying decision, you know, there are, there are large ones. Which home's right for you? There are small ones, such as which is a home inspector, which inspector to hire, how to keep stress low to make an informed decision, and then let it go. Don't beat yourself up what could have been or what should have been. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, And there's no perfect house deal. So if you go out thinking that you're going to get everything you want, it's not going to happen. There will be things that don't go as you planned. 
Now is the time that not, you know, it's the time to focus on the good things about the move and the deal. Don't get bogged down in negatives. I got to tell the dirt lady story one week. Yeah, you should. About that. And buy a house that you love and it makes good financial sense. And along them same lines, remember, too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, you got family members, Uncle Harry giving advice, get people, you know, that's how people end up with lawyers in Pennsylvania. Oh, you got a lawyer? (gasps) And then they want to hire a lawyer, you know, out of Google and lawyers. You know, that's not the way you want to operate. (laughs) However, asking asking too many opinion people for opinions, it's going to distract your your wishes and your wants. Be careful to keep your advice in moderation. After all, it's not Uncle Harry's house he's buying. And finally, plan ahead. It's tempting to channel things and worry about things tomorrow, but time is of the essence when you're buying. Deals can move quickly between hiring inspectors, getting appraisals, going on showings, hiring movers. You don't want to be weighed down with everything at once. So the bottom line, it's buying a home is a big responsibility. It takes time. It takes money. But the end result Owning the home that's a good fit for you is always worth it. I always tell the agents, I say, you know, they all get stressed out about this. And then you told them everything. And went, they went through this whole house pro- buying process. And now they came back to you five years later. All they remember from that first experience is like little b- blurbs, little pieces of fog, and then the keys sliding across the table. And you got to re-educate them all over again, because they don't remember any of it. Because once they got the keys in their hand, it's over. They're happy. They forgot about all the other things that took place in the end. So take a deep breath. Plan ahead. Don't be too hard on yourself. Enjoy the ride. And in the end, you're going to get what you want and you'll be happy. And that's the point. Yeah. And once you get everything done up front, like everybody now, you know, they're taking a look at their credit. They're getting all their documents in order. They're getting prepared. And, you know, they're coming up with, you know, what are the the three things that are most important to you, you know, when looking for a house and, you know, get prepared. That's like pre-approved. I mean, we stress it all the time, but the biggest thing is to make sure, you know, that you're ready. So when that house does come across, you know exactly what the payments are going to be, how much you need to put down, and you're ready to roll. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of times, that should be all done up up front. And I, when I do a buyer's needs analysis, I talk about that, and I go over the closing costs. That answers all the questions almost in the agreement of sale because you decided right. how much what you're you're doing a home inspection, you're getting a termite inspection, everything, how much you're putting down, how much cash you're bringing to the table. All those questions get answered. So when you write the agreement of sale, it's a matter of filling in the blanks. And now the the other way that. I suggest you don't do it. You meet some agent, and you call him up, you didn't get all pre-approved and everything, and he sets up a showing, and the first time you meet him is at a house. How you doing? Nice to meet you. And they open the door, <laughs> and and then, you know, it's just a bad way to start. So anyway, my advice all is right, Mark, that was, get that it was done a up front topic, and relax. 
Yeah. Yep. Like I said, we could have ended that, you know, 11 minutes ago and I could have just given my phone number. So, but coming up next, we have um, Dr. A on the line and we are going to be talking about. Well, we're going to talk about how to uh, hire people back the right way this time. Now that uh, so many, so many organizations have laid people off. Now, now is an opportunity to hire the best people back that you can. How, how do you go about rehiring the, the good talent back? Well, we're up to step three. Step one was to make sure that you uh, have everybody uh, know that you love them, that they're still with you. Okay, right. the second step is what you need to do is you need to figure out what are the true characteristics of the individual that you need to hire. Most people focus on the job description. The job description talks about the job itself. What we need to do is we need to figure out what are the core competencies needed of the person who actually does the job. The third step in the process is now that you know what you really need is to first look within as far as people that you already have, right? Because they might be ideal for the position. So you want to make sure that that you look in, in, internally. Uh, you you know culturally they fit in the culture because they're still there with you. Uh, you know that they can perform. Now the question is, can they perform this other task or this new task or this expanded task? So if they can, that's when you give them the opportunity instead of bringing somebody out that you laid off or bringing somebody back or somebody in new that you're going to be hiring. So you always look within first to see if they can handle it. The problem is a lot of times what people do is they take somebody who's a really good technician and they make them a manager, which is a double, right. a double negative. Why? Because you no longer That's have the right. technical capabilities of the person who you just promoted to be the manager. And just because they're a good technician doesn't mean they're going to be a good manager. A lot of times they're just lousy managers. They were great technicians, but they're lousy managers because it requires a whole different set of skills i could see that and with this going on and everybody bringing people back there's going to be people that they think are coming back that are not coming back they're shopping around too because there's some Absolutely. people are going to make some people are going to make this an opportunity and i could see like deanne's she needs to hire somebody right now she's actually right in this boat right now and if this person, you're right. If they were a great technician and did technical things, that that personality, that might be that high high C personality. You might need that high DI for that manager and they're not that's not the person. That's not going to work out. That's right. And all you're doing is frustrating them. And, and that actually goes back to step one in the process. And that is to reward the people who uh, who have stuck with you and be careful or, or, or leery regarding the people who come back. Why? Because you weren't loyal to them. You laid them off. Okay, they might come back because they need the job, but that doesn't mean they're going to stay there because you've already tarnished that relationship uh, a little bit because you've laid them off. They really can't trust you anymore because what happens if this thing comes about and happens again in the fall? What are you going right. to do then? Okay, they're not going to want to stick around and take the chance that they might get laid off again. So what they're going to do is they're probably going to look around for something else because it's always greener on the other side of the fence, right? Yeah. So that's what they think. That's what everybody thinks, okay? But it rarely is. But but that's what they do anyhow. All right, doctor. That was pretty good. Because everybody that's going to be bringing people back, they should really consider that and, and, and any industry. So tell them how to get a hold of you, doctor. 
It's real easy. Just uh, email me at dr.a at abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net, or just email the office at succeed at abelson.net. Oh, very good. All right, doctor. Thank you. You're welcome. Have, be safe, you guys. You too. Thank you. All right, she you can email your questions to 8029 was, at comcast.net or give Mark a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at dnkitsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for helping us stay on the air every week here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And we hope to keep you faithful every week and keep you informed. And you can listen to us on the podcast at goodnewsandrealestate.com. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive. All the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.